The DI Guys Podcast was created to share the best ideas, strategies, and concepts so you can have conversations to help you exponentially grow your DI sales. While they may have lost their hair, they have not lost their minds. Here are the DI Guys, Chris Carlson and Mike Cogdo. This is Chris Carlson, and welcome to this episode of the DI Guys podcast. As always, I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Mike Cogdell. Mike, tell me what's going on in Denver today. Chris, how are you this morning? Living the dream, brother. You know that. I hear you. Well, you know, Colorado, today we've got snow in the mountains, sunny here. The whole world has evidently had torrential downpours, and it's been nothing but sunny and nice. Here in Metro Denver, but remember, that's High Plains. Over in the mountains, it is snowing, and it's snowing a fair amount from Wolf Creek all the way to Steamboat. Wolf Creek, which is in southern Colorado, has already opened their ski resort, and they have limited snowmaking. So that means, Chris, that part of their mountain has enough real snow um, to have people start pushing down the hill. And if anybody saw 60 Minutes on Sunday and you saw Lake Mead, Lake Powell, those places, you can understand why we need uh, as much snow, which turns into rain, as we can get. California, I'm sorry about the flooding yesterday, but I got to, or the last couple of days, but I got to tell you, that water still is a welcome sight for most people in the great Western United States. Mike, I was reading the paper today and it said that one of the lakes in the Sacramento area had already risen by 20 feet over the last week or so. I mean, so it just goes to show you, you know, what that uh, liquid gold can uh, can, can do for an, an area. Well, you, you and I, Chris, are kind of on the same sheet of music. I'm not going to argue about climate change. I'm not, you know, you can call it anything you want. I'd call it Mother Nature, but it can be climate change. It can be anything. But you know what? The liquid gold is a true statement, and we need to pay attention to, to, to what we've got for a natural resource. And I'm not talking about fossil fuels. I'm talking about water, and it's extremely important to all of us and our children. And I wish we would spend a little more time talking about the value of water. But anyway, that's not what we're here for today. We're here to talk about income protection and how to make it roll in your business. You got it. Hey, Mike, the last time we got together, we promised our audience that we would talk a little bit about prospecting in this particular episode because, you know, many times, you know, we talk about underwriting, we talk about products or maybe a sales idea, all of which are important. But if, if you're not sitting in front of a prospect, none of that makes any difference. So you've heard me say this before, Mike, I think selling's easy. I think prospecting's a bitch. So if we can help our listeners with an idea, I think that'd be really good. Chris, remember our old friend Vito from Seattle, your buddy, my buddy for the last 30 years? Absolutely. He was the only guy that I ever met that would say prospecting's easy. <laughs> and I want to piggyback on that because, you know, Vito is, is pretty, plays his cards pretty close to the vest. But when you say Vito, what does that mean? He says, I just get so many referrals, right? And I'm going to make one comment that I'm going to let you talk about referrals because I know this is something that's very near and dear to your heart. But I always like to, re to remind people to, to be referred, you must be referable, which means you got to walk your talk. You got to perform as you said you were. You just can't just make noise and yap. You really have to do the actions and be referable. So Mike, you know, you and I have talked over the years about ideas about getting referrals. So why don't you kind of pull that string a little bit further for us? Chris, gladly. One of the things I had to step back all the way to the 1980s, because you started in the business just a little before me, and we worked for the same guy, Rick Marcinek, for not at the same time. You worked for him first. I worked for him second. But, you know, Rick, pretty interesting fella. I think you and I would both agree. Agreed. 
And one thing that he used to do better than anybody is anytime he talked to somebody, he'd go, hey, friend, you got a CPA? Yeah. You got a dentist? Yeah. You got a doctor? Yes. Some guys would go, I have a cardiologist. Not always so good. Uh, do you have a pediatrician? Yes. And he'd go, right there, you got four. Or oh, do you have an attorney too? Oh, you got five really good prospects right there that you should be talking to disability insurance about. If you know them, you pay them. And he used to laugh. You pay them. Why shouldn't they pay you? And then he would do that funny laugh. Remember? <laughs> I will never forget, Mike. And so that's that's one of the places that we should start is people that, that you actually pay. It's OK for them to pay you. And people always, you know, I don't want to mix that. It's OK to mix that because it's amazing. You know, I, I always harken back to, you know, um, I think it was University of Chicago and Loyola 100 years ago or 150 years ago. I think it was the Rickley family. And I might be making this up a little bit, but there was an endowment of a few million dollars. So in the early 1900s, that's, you know, the equivalent of whatever a billion today. I don't know. And somebody said, why did Rickley's family, why did you give it to this university over that? And the answer was because they asked. It pretty much sums it up. So let's let's talk about if you've got like people that you're going to ask and you sell them income protection, Chris, and I'm going to make it really simple. I'm going to use a, a doctor. Actually, Chris, listen, to, let's make it a, a, a specific doctor. Let's use a pediatrician. Are you good with that? I like it. So you've got a couple of kids and you've got a family and you've got a pediatrician and your pediatrician happens to be your client. And you start talking to your pediatrician, um, which we all do when our kids go in for their annual physical and they give them a shot and they do this and that because you're usually in the room and you're kind of chatting it up a little bit, even though they don't want to waste a ton of time. But you have the opportunity to talk a little bit. And when you're done with the appointment, but anyway, on the annual review, whenever you remind this pediatrician, you'd like to ask him or her a couple of questions and just pick their brain for a second and say, I'd like to pick your brain. And they'll go, sure. And that's when you have the opportunity, Crystal, to talk to this pediatrician who bought $12,000 a month from you to take care of his or her three children going forward um, with disability insurance. In the event that you couldn't do their job, get hurt or sick, they understand the whole premise. Chris, they understand it. Why? Why does a doctor know everything, not everything, but a lot of the nuts and bolts of disability insurance? The day they enter medical school, they were being pounced on by insurance agents. Chris, very well put, didn't even set you up for that answer, but that's exactly right. They've heard about it from day one, and so they've never been left alone. Now, instead of asking the pediatrician for referrals from the four partners in the firm or the five partners, you could do that, but look at the pediatrician and say, you know, well, your kids go to St. Mary's Academy, and I'm making things up. They go to St. Mary's, um, and I'm sure you've got friends at St. Mary's. Oh, I do. I have a fair number of friends. You know how it works, Mike. Um, you know what? You end up being friends with your kids' friends' parents. That happens to all of us, right? Correct. Chris, I'm the prime example of that. I moved back to Colorado and I used to sit in a tavern downtown Denver before I was married with kids. And that group of people is long gone, trust me. Long gone. Some of them might still be sitting there and they're awesome dudes, but they're long gone. I hang out with parents of my kids' friends most of the time. You can ask this pediatrician and start to have this conversation saying, you know, you've heard about income protection since the day you were in med school. So you know it. But your friend at school or at the golf course or your friends that are in other businesses other than the field of medicine, they may have never heard of disability insurance. Does that surprise you? And you can wait for either answer. Yes or no doesn't matter. It's like because you've been harped on since you were, um, you know, first year med student. You could have a friend that went to Stanford, MIT, you know, Northwestern to the, you know, Kellogg School of Business, Wharton School of Business. It doesn't matter. Chris, how often do they have a little 
lecture, a class, or somebody bothers them why they're getting an MBA about income protection and the importance it is going forward in their life. Next one will be the first one. Correct. It just doesn't happen. So it's like, you know, I would like to be able to talk to some of your friends about income protection so they could have the opportunity to protect their families in the exact same way that you do, friends, whether at St. Mary's, whatever. And as a pediatrician, you've already said children, you're talking about family and you're talking about protection. I'd just like to give them the opportunity to be educated on what income protection is, because most people, most people, it, their financial planners just don't ever bring it up. So would you be okay with, you know, giving me three or four names of people that your dear friends of yours, I, I, I only want to use your name and I'll take five minutes of their time. And honestly, as my good friend Erwin once said in Chicago, and if they don't want to talk to me, they just need to tell me. And if they're willing to listen to me for 10 minutes, that's all it's going to take. And if they don't want to see my big ugly mug again ever in their life, they don't have to. Would you be okay with that? You know, Mike, I love that idea. And I'm going to plus this. Now, this is going to be for those people who are serious about writing disability insurance, not those who are curious. Mike, there's a service out there called the 90-minute book which basically means that this particular service will help you write and publish a book. And the money you make on, it'll cost about the money you'd make on one DI sale from commissions. So think about this. I'm going to plus your idea, Mike. You're having that same conversation and you say, I have written a book regarding the importance of income protection. Who do you know that needs to read this book? And then what you can do is maybe even get them to pin a little note and say, hey, I know Mike Cogdell, make sure you read this book and you can mail it on their behalf. Now, look, I'm not stupid enough to think that everybody who listens to us, Mike, is going to run out and do this. But if you're serious about writing DI, now you could make that same argument for anything that somebody sells. But what it does, it puts that referral on steroids because now you have something of value that that particular referral source can offer to their friends or coworkers and its value that you're offering to the marketplace. So just kind of a, an idea on steroids. Chris, there's so many places you can go to people and it's a really good point. There's so, you know, you could offer, let's say this pediatrician, let's step back and plus plus you again, let's take your plus and plus. Maybe this is your best friend. Let's make it better. Maybe it's your first cousin, right? So you're tight, just as an example. Why not do a 35 or 40 page book or 30 pages? You know, you know, income protection made easy. There's a million names. You could do a million things. Chris, and say, I'm, you know what? Every doctor's office I go into, there's stuff sitting around, right? Stuff sitting around flyers. Take this for that. Even veterinary offices do the same thing. Vet insurance. It's laying there, right? Say, hey, you know, cousin Joe or best friend Tom, could I leave? 20 books here. I'll pay for them. They, clients can just take them. You don't even have to offer them. They can just sit there and you can put up the sign, Chris, that says what? Take one free, right? Book. That's right. Take one free. And you know how many people will grab it? Some will think it's a coloring book if it's in a pediatrician's office, but it doesn't matter. Somebody might accidentally read 15 pages and go, you know, I never really thought about this. So there's a lot of ways to prospect and do this which is, you know, everybody wants the easy way out. You got any clients for me? You know, it used to be just pick up the phone. If you watch The Wolf of Wall Street, which I just rewatched, remember that? The beginning of that way. Well, oh, <laughs> let's get past the first scene, right? <laughs> it's unbelievable. You, you know what? Your job is to make 500 calls a day or whatever, 500 a week to make me money, blank, blank. <laughs> it goes out of that. So it's not impossible to do this. You know, technology is an awesome thing. And you and I would agree. And it, it, it's been good. And I'll tell you things about technology, gang, that I don't like. 
I don't like the fact that if I don't take my daughter's phone away at night, she'll stay up till midnight and talk to people on the phone. Right? Absolutely. And, and she's 13 years old. So, you know, technology is awesome until it's like, you know what, leave your damn phone up here if you're going to bed. Because no, you're not taking it with you because you'll just chat it up with your buds. But technology is a great thing. And we can use that tool. But Chris, I started thinking about a meeting with you and I went to in Chattanooga, Tennessee back in the 1980s. We'll just call it then. So not to date ourselves too much. And there was a sergeant major of the Army. You know where I'm going with this? Hot fries. Chris, hot fries. Would you go ahead and explain what the sergeant major, he was a retired sergeant major of the Army, and he went around and spoke to insurance organizations. Chris, he might have even worked for USAA at the time. I don't remember. But he was a very interesting man. And what did he say about technology and service and how this all works? Yeah, and and it's something that I, I have been very mindful of almost over 30 years is combining high tech with high touch. And certainly to your point, Mike, technology can be a good thing, but you still need that high touch. And, and he gave the example of, of what people want. They want hot fries, right? They don't want cold fries. And it's that personal touch that makes a difference. So I think that all of us, what we strive to do is we strive to combine the high tech with the high touch if we're smart. Now, too often what we've done over the last, I would say, five years is we've defaulted entirely to high tech, thinking that whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or an e-newsletter with no personal contact is going to win the day. And we go back to our friends, Mike, you mentioned Irwin, people like Jamie. I mean, they're actually picking up the phone. They're getting referrals. They're reaching out on that high touch, even though they combine the high tech with a website and things like that. Chris, it's, it's really unusual. A friend of mine writes a ton of business, has more clients than, than, than you can count, still remembers every single birthday card for every client every year. You think she ever loses those clients? You know what, Mike? If you if, Remember when you and I got started? I mean, one of the things that life insurance agents, we don't have those anymore, life insurance agents used to do is they were very mindful of those birthdays for a couple of reasons. They know that it makes sense because Al Granham probably taught them that. But also for many carriers, they're, you know, six months before their birthday where they were having an age change. It was age nearest versus actual age. So they got in the habit of doing that. And if you go back to the, you know, the one card system with Al Granham, it was all about staying top of mind by reaching out to people. Now, that was, Mike, when you and I started, Al Gore had yet to invent the internet, right? So it had to be either a drop-in, a piece of direct mail, or a phone call. So it was much more personable than if you're sending an email or putting something on Facebook or Snapchat or whatever the heck people might use today. Chris, one more example. I was just at IDIS, and it just made me resonate with this. And you know you know, young Mr. Poland, right? Yep. And he lives down in Texas, good, good, good guy, and gave a presentation. And I'm not, I'm going to paraphrase, but again, even an old crusty guy like me has a takeaway or a reminder, let's call it a reminder, of what can work. He was calling on a guy, calling on a guy, and calling on a guy, and it was a guy, so make that easy. But he was calling on this guy and, and sending emails and sending quotes and doing things, and he wasn't really getting a response. They would talk, and he would get put off. And they finally get him on the phone another time. And this is a broker because he's like a GA. So he works with brokers, obviously, to do retail production, kind of like what you and I do. 
And he just can't seem to get this guy to flip the switch. The guy starts talking one day. He's like, he's really busy. He's remodeling his house or he's remodeling his kitchen during COVID. And, you know, geez, he's got a million things going on. And it's going to be a hundred grand. And he starts telling the story about him and his little remodel. So what he does is, you know, Mr. Poland goes out and does this. He buys like a 25, I think he said $25 Home Depot gift card, put it in an envelope, wished him well on his home remodel, sent it to him, and right after it was received and opened, a phone call came and said, you're like the coolest guy I've ever met. Thank you so much. Thinking about me, my family, my home remodel. And we both know, Chris, on a $100,000 remodel, give or take, does $25 from Home Depot put much of a dent in that? Nope. Not at all. But are they, is he a client now? I'm going to tell you straight up. The answer is yes. He's a client. He's now writing business through the organization, getting it done all because a young man decides to do, you know what? Go high tech. Didn't completely finish it with high tech. Throws in that piece of high touch, which is people like hot fries. And here's where, here's the, here's where hot fries comes from. Fast food is called fast food for a reason because companies figured out, and we won't just say McDonald's, there's many, they figured out how to make a meal with technology, right? Super fryers, super everything, big griddles, and and, and assembly line, right, in, in a fast food restaurant, Chris. You can do it quick. So technology figured all that out. And then you ask the little guy that's running around the store, and this is an old true statement. He's running around, and he's just like delivering everything, and they're getting their food fast, fast, fast. And it's like, what? why, why are you in such a hurry to get them their food? And the little kid who's probably 16 years old looks and says, you know what? People like hot fries. And you and I have said that three times today. And that's pretty much the analogy of our day and our story today is that's how it works. High tech, high touch. But yes, people like hot fries. So, Mike, I need to tell one Rick Marsnack story before we get out of here today. And it's one you've heard dozens of times. And it goes back to what you said earlier, Mike, about asking. And uh, this is a legendary story about Rick Marsnack is they had a uh, they had a, a salary allotment plan at Miami Jackson Memorial Hospital, which basically, you know, the doctors got disability insurance on a guaranteed issue basis. And this goes back into the uh, early 1980s, late 1990, uh, late 1970s, early 1980s. And so, you know, Rick is charged to go and get the signature from this doctor who was in the operating room. Right. Now, this is where most you know people would wait. And, and again, there was no internet back then. So, hey, have the doctor call me. Rick went to the hospital and demanded that they go into the operating room and bring that person out because he had to sign his disability insurance application. Now, the doctor could have said no, but guess what happened? He came out and signed the application. The moral of the story is, is Rick did not take no for an answer. He was asked, asked, asked. And Mike, as well as you and I know Rick, we can see, we can visualize him just absolutely having no fear and thinking he has the right. You know, it's like Jack Nicholson, you want me on that wall. You know, they wanted Rick on that wall to get that application. Isn't it amazing, Chris? You and I have done a fair number or a fair amount of, I've done some public speaking. You've done probably a lot more than me, at least seminars and things. And we can end it with this because it's kind of like where we are today is if you walked into a room with 25 people and said, good morning. And I'm the speaker. So I'm dressed up and I even got a tie on and everything. And I walk down the aisle and I say, good morning. Would everybody please stand up? Chris, out of 25, how many will stand up? 24. There's one dude's going to go F him. And there's going to be 24 that stand up. And what I've always told people is uh, people don't mind being told sometimes what to do. It's okay. 
we grow up being told what to do because we have parents, most of us, if we're fortunate, we can have parents and they tell us what, whoever our guardian is, tells us what to do. So we get used to it in life. You and I are in the military, so it even goes beyond that. But remember, people like to be told what to do. So you ask and you you persistently continue down the path, asking these people that you know that are professionals for referrals and reminding them why you're doing it. Your friend doesn't know about this. I'm going to enlighten and educate your best friend so that he or she has the opportunity to take care of their family in the same way in which you do. That's all I want to do. And that's where I'm leaving it today, my friend. That was great. Hey, Mike, some great ideas. And what, you know, I think what we'll do is on a regular basis, we'll talk about a prospecting idea uh, and we'll go a little bit deeper uh, in some of these because, again, I think the number one challenge that many of our advisors have is getting in front of somebody because once they get in front of somebody, you know, they do a pretty good job, but it's just just more and more difficult with all of the, the gatekeepers and the voicemails and the caller IDs and people deleting emails, tougher to get in front of that person for the first time. Chris, I think it's a great idea. We'll spend some time the rest of this year. You know, we still, they talk COVID every day. People are tired of talking about it. You and I are done talking about it. But yeah, I think it's a great idea, Chris, that we'll try to give you ideas to, to clear away some of that noise so you can get to clients or at least try to get to prospects and turn them into clients. Perfect. Mike, you have a great rest of your day. Chris, thank you and enjoy the rest of the week, my friend.